It, it doesn't get much better than the children's sermon, does it? We, we, we need to stop scheduling the adult sermon after the children's sermon. It's just not fair. But as we prepare for our, uh, our scripture lesson this morning, we'll be reading, uh, we'll be reading a psalm. We'll be reading from uh, Psalm uh, 138. Uh, but before we go to uh, God's word, let's first take a moment and go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks that you have brought us together uh, in this room or wherever we are. We give you thanks for the joy and the excitement of this day, for the energy of children, and for the blessing of Scripture. We thank you that you see us even now. And as we gather in your sight, as we turn to your word, we ask that you would add your blessing to us. That as we read Scripture this morning, you would be with us, that you would move in us and among us and through us. That you would change us, that you would make us different people as we leave this place through the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 138, listen to the word of God. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we turn our attention now to your word, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would show us who you are and who you have created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, it is summer, and we're doing a doubleheader. If it's okay with you, I'm going to lose the jacket this morning. <laughs> All right, so uh, this psalm, is a, it's a powerful psalm, and it's, it's, it's pretty packed. And there, there's a lot of imagery in the psalm, and I, I think there's, there's one image in particular that, that's, it's very, it's almost emotional. There's one very powerful image right at the end of the psalm. This, uh, these last few phrases, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. There's something deeply emotional about these last few words that, that, that often goes unnoticed. Unless we, unless we take the time to notice it. So let's do that. Uh, this morning, let's, let's take the next 10 minutes or so to, to notice the power of this image in the psalmist's prayer. Uh, do not forsake the work of your hands. As you read the rest of this psalm, the, the psalmist is, uh, is, is giving thanks to God and is offering prayers from a time of trouble. 
uh, from in the midst of difficulty. Is the, in the midst is the language the psalmist uses. And as the psalmist talks about being surrounded by enemies, whether they're metaphorical or literal, you might expect the, the image of God to be the image of a warrior, of a, of a fighter, of, a, of someone who can ride into battle. But when the psalm ends, that's not the image we get. The image that ends this psalm is the image of God as a, as a worker. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The image of God as a, as a creator. And not just in the sense that God created the world, Genesis 1, but I think that word work is a great one. This is, this is the image of God as an, as an artist or an artisan, of, of God as a, a, as a baker or an architect. As God as someone who, who makes beautiful things out of dust. Uh, the, the image of God who creates. And this is such a, such a powerful image because we are creators, I mean, that, that's who we are it, it, as human beings, as Christians, and in this congregation. This is an incredibly creative congregation. And as you hear those words, some of you may be tempted to agree with me and look around to see other creative people, but that's not exactly what I mean. I, each and every one of us is creative in some way. I know this because I've gotten to know you. I've seen the things you can do as, as a congregation and as individuals. Uh, we are an incredibly creative group of people. As some of it's obvious. Uh, we have truly gifted uh, painters and sculptors in our congregation. I've seen some of the work. It is breathtaking. We have painters that will knock your socks off in this congregation. Uh, that, that ability to, to call forth image and, and emotion. And the musicians... We, we heard musicians this morning. We, we have musicians in our congregation that, if we're honest, a lot of us are moved to tears pretty regularly. And musicians who can produce that, that sound with, with voice or with instrument or, or, or composition. We have composers in our midst as well. Uh, composers who, who create beautiful things from, from notes. But it's not just those kinds of arts where we see our creativity. Uh, we create in so many ways. We are teachers. We create lesson plans. We create, we create legal opinions. We create blueprints. We create baked goods. We create, we create companies. We create community. We create code. We create formulas. We create families. We create floral arrangements. We create firms. We create in so many different ways. We create, uh, we, we create by knitting. We create by drawing. We create by singing. We create by talking. We, we create community on this campus every year for Day on the Lawn. We create neighborhoods. We create safety. We create health. We create, we create so many things. If I keep going, we will be late for the ordination. We, we create we make things. This is, this is who we are. And this, this act of creation, this is a God-like act. In the most literal way. And to be created in the image of God means that we too are creators. We don't create the same way God creates, but it's, it, it's God-like. And we, we create like God creates. We make things. And there's, a, there's this sense of joy and accomplishment and, and pleasure when you create the thing that you make. 
There's this, it's, it's almost like pride, although we tend to not be real excited about pride as Christians, but that's the closest word. It's, it's maybe a, a sense of holy pleasure as we look at, at the work of our hands, the, the creations, the baked goods or the blueprints, the companies or the community, the firms or the floral arrangements, the, the paintings or the compositions, the lesson plans, whatever it is. When we, when we make the, the, these things, when we use these creative powers, there's this sense of pride, of joy of accomplishment as we have poured some of ourselves into the work of our hands. As we have, we have poured beauty and purpose and blessing into the work of our hands. We know what it feels like to create. We know the, the artist's approach to, to creation. But there's also the audience approach to creation. And that's a bit strange. I mean, I think in, in, in our culture right now in particular, we We've got some quirks in how we, how we approach creation, how we approach art as an audience. We have become infatuated with the incomplete. I, 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 I really think that, that we have become a completely uh, preoccupied by the imperfect. For example, uh, when we watch movies... We watch our favorite movies. We also love to watch the behind-the-scenes making-of featurette. We love to see the deleted scenes that someone decided were not good enough to make the final cut. We love to watch the director's cut. We love to watch the alternate endings. We love bloopers and gags and, and outtakes. We love to watch the, the incomplete versions of our favorite films. We, we love the imperfect. And we, we do this not, not just with film... But we, we do this with writing and literature. Uh, think about how many times you have seen uh, the, in, in the bookstores or, or online that, that someone has found and collected the lost, hidden, unpublished, and incomplete manuscripts of a great author. The manuscripts that they, they, they hid away in a drawer and never intended for publication. And they've been discovered and collected and released and published so that now you can read the lost and unintended stories of the great whoever. We, we love those, those imperfect, those incomplete creations. We even do this with baked goods. And this is one of my pet peeves. You can ask my wife. There are, uh, we, we've got these TV shows about baking where you never get to taste the final product. All you get to do is watch the bakers make mistakes and never get to taste the masterpiece at the end. They drive me nuts. And we also, we do the same thing, not just with baked goods, but with, with home renovation, with architecture. We never actually walk into these buildings. We never see the, the completed uh, project. We, we just see the imperfect. We see the incomplete. And we do it with painting, too. In fact, this is so prevalent in the world of painting, it has a name. Uh, so in, in the world of painting, some of you know this and can correct me afterwards, but we, we found some, we, we call these a pentimenti, P-E-N-T-I-M-E-N-T-I. Pentimenti, these are, these are instances with, with a great masterpiece, a great painting, where over the years, the top layer of paint has begun to fade, and the bottom layers of paint begin to, to bleed through. And suddenly, you can see what the artist painted over. It's just a shadow, but if you look closely, you can see the corrections that the painter had made. 
And when, when it doesn't happen naturally, we have actually found that by using x-rays and by using specialized equipment, we, we can look at the paintings and look through the top layer, look through what the artist intended us to see, and see what's behind it. And sometimes you'll discover just minor changes. The, uh, the, the position of someone's hand is a little different, or, or a strap moves from, from off of a shoulder back to on. Sometimes a, a, a character in the painting will move from one side to the next, or, or disappear completely in the final version. Version. But when you find a pentimento, the singular of pentimenti, you, you're finding what the author, what the artist never intended you to see. It's behind the finished product. And as an audience, we love this. We love to see this creative process. And at its best, it is an appreciation for the creative process. At its worst, we are ignoring the masterpiece in favor of the imperfect. We are, we are looking past the final layer of paint at the layers of paint we were never intended to see. As an audience, this is intriguing. As an artist, this is enraging. As an audience, all right, this is, this is, this is fascinating. As an, as an audience, this is, this is uh, something that, 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 that calls forth our imagination. It, it draws us in. But as an artist, it's insulting. It's offensive. It's horrific. And there's nothing worse as an artist than someone looking at your masterpiece and saying, yeah, but can I see the rough draft? I mean, imagine, imagine someone coming into your home and reaching into the oven to pull out a cake and judge it before it's done baking. It's absolutely absurd. Or imagine, uh, as, as a poet or a writer, imagine uh, producing the final manuscript and handing it to an audience and says, yes, but can I see draft number four? Or imagine, imagine uh, the, the company or the firm or the legal opinion before it's done or the lesson plan before it's ready. For me as a preacher, there's almost nothing more horrifying than the idea that the congregation would hear Tuesday's version of Sunday's sermon. You don't want Tuesday's version of Sunday's sermon. This notion of people taking the work of our hands before it's accomplished its purpose, before we're done pouring ourselves into it, before, before we blessed it with that beauty, it's enraging, it's offensive, it's insulting, and that's what our psalmist prays. Our psalmist prays this prayer not as artist, and not as audience, but our psalmist prays this prayer as a work of art. Our psalmist says to God, we are the work of your hands. Don't let us go yet. We're not done. We are the work of your hands. Pour yourself into us a little more. We are the work of your hands. Bestow more beauty upon us. We are the work of your hands. Accomplish your purpose. The way that Paul says it in Philippians 1 is, is the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God, bring us to completion. Make us better tomorrow than we are today. Make us a little more just, a little more gracious, a little more merciful, a little more loving, a little more holy. God, don't be done with us yet. We are the work of your hands. Be steadfast to us. Be gracious to us. Make beautiful things out of the dust that is us. Oh God, we are the work of your hands. Keep working. This is the good news of the gospel. As we read this psalm, you, you are the work of the hands of God. And God's not done with you yet. 
God loves you so much that God is willing to come and be like you. God is willing to die on your behalf. God is willing to conquer death for you. God is willing to return and to reign in power for you. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are the work of God's hands, and God is not done with us yet. This is the prayer in our psalm. You are the work of God's hands. God loves you no matter what. And God's not done yet. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we give thanks to God for the steadfast love he has shown to us, as we give thanks to God that nothing can tear us from God's hands, as we give thanks to God that God is not done with us yet, let us do so by bringing our tithes and our offerings.